Welcome back, and thanks for listening, as No Junk Mail presents Fight Night, read to you by James R. Von Felt. Well, it's that time again. I mean, it's Easter season. The season of hope is here. The grass is greener. Seems like the sun shines more. I swear the birds are making more noise than usual, and of course the weather is erratic. 32 degrees and light snow last night. I remember back in 97 when we had an unexpected snowstorm. Left three foot of wet snow on the ground. Caused several barn roofs to collapse. Snow this time of year is good moisture for crops. So far... We've had an ample supply, but I've heard our neighbor, Nebraska, is in drought. It'll hurt their crops if it doesn't turn around soon. My sister says there's wildfires in Texas because it's so dry. My other sister, the one that lives in California, she hasn't said anything about the weather this year. Usually about this time, she's telling me about the mudslides, fires ravaging the land out there. I'm planning a trip. I'll see firsthand what it's like out there. I'm going to fly. The cost of an airline ticket was real low last month when I got it. My sister and I started talking about a trip sometime last year. We were reminiscing about the times when we were kids. That was back during World War II, when we lived in the Portland, Oregon, Vancouver, Washington area. They needed over 40,000 workers to build warships at the Columbia River shipyards, so we moved. I was just a grade school kid then. We were going to rent a place to stay in Portland, then drive around and see the sights for a few days. We've got an appointment to tour through the academy. That's the old school we attended in Vancouver. It's a historic site now. I wrote a couple of books about that time in my life. One of the books is entitled The Trading Post. It's about the time us kids got lost in the woods out there. The other book is Kidnapped. It's a made-up story. They're both on Amazon. Last week at the barber shop. Fred Meeks told us about his memories as a kid during the war. He was born in 33, making him just a bit older than I am. He was the only boy in the family. He has three sisters. His family moved to Ohio to get a job. Well, the real story, he said, was that they moved so his dad wouldn't get drafted. It seems that his Uncle Charlie worked at the Ohio Steel Foundry in Lima and helped his dad get a good job there. He was exempt from the draft because they were making the M5 tank for the Army. About this time, Fred stopped cutting my cousin Cliff's hair and told us his story. It goes like this. Lima was a small town in those days, he said. With the war... Growth of the tank factory and new jobs, housing was scarce. We lived in Uncle Charlie's garage most of the year. When it got cold, we moved into his house. 
My sisters and I slept on the kitchen floor. Uncle Charlie had two boys in his family. They were older than me. Before we moved, we'd been living on the farm north of Troy, right here in Davis County. I went to the first three grades in the Troy one-room schoolhouse. I was in several shoving matches, but never got in a serious fight. At Lima, I went to a public school with a whole lot of kids. My cousins teased me because the other kids chased me home after school. Eventually, my dad fixed that. He took me to Patty's. Patty was a black man who ran a boxing gym. It was about four city blocks down the street from where we lived. He held boxing matches on Friday nights. The place was always crowded. Patty's place was behind the blacksmith shop. It had a dirt floor, boxing ring, and a few punching bags. That's about it. I had to go to Patty's every night after school until Patty told Dad I could hold my own. At first, I hated to go. I was scared. The first few days, all Patty had me do was jump rope. After I had that down and could do it for 15 minutes without stopping, he showed me how to throw a punch and hit the punching bag. I didn't have boxing gloves or anything, just my fists. They got bruised and toughened up quickly. After a few weeks of rope jumping and bag hitting, Patty made me lift sacks of rocks. Pick them up here and put them down there, he told me. It was supposed to make my arms stronger. It made my back ache. But so far, I was okay with everything. Others at the gym were much bigger and older than me. Patty spent most of his time with them in the boxing ring. Occasionally, grown-ups would come in to spar for a few rounds. Patty would give them tips on how to improve. We watched with riveted attention. I heard somebody say that Patty had once been a great prize fighter. Then one day, after school, I came into Patty's and he told me to suit up. I didn't have any boxing shorts. So he modified a pair he had with a safety pin so it wouldn't fall down. Then he put boxing gloves on me. I got scared because I thought I was going to get in the boxing ring and fight with somebody. I was wrong. I was in the ring all right, along with two other guys that were hitting each other. My job was to jump around but keep out of the way of the other boxers. It was footwork. I was to pretend I was boxing, to imitate the others in the ring. Now, that really made sense to me, especially since I wasn't the guy getting hit. Pretty soon, I was acting like I knew what I was doing. The other guys laughed at me and teased me in a good kind of way. They egged me on, and I performed. I was eating it up and knocking out all my imaginary opponents. Finally, one day after school, I came in and Patty had two black kids about my age in the boxing ring. They were taller than me. Also, they were dressed up. They had boxing shorts and were outfitted with boxing gloves. I about panicked. But again, Patty surprised me. I had to tell Patty what the boxers were doing, hit by hit. 
and what their feet were doing. The boys would come together and throw a few punches, then back off. I told Patty what I saw. He would compliment my observation or correct me, depending on what I said. That's all I did for three days. After that, I wanted to get in the ring with the boys. And the next day, I did. By then, I knew how to protect my face, to dodge a punch, and how to dance around to get a good shot. The three of us did that for the next few weeks. Occasionally, one or the other would hit a little too hard, and the other would try to retaliate. Again, while we were sparring, I was getting teased. But finally, I realized I was the little guy in the ring, fighting two bigger guys. I couldn't back down now, and I didn't. Sometimes I'd get hit hard, but I learned to get inside and punch back. Occasionally, I'd get a bloody nose. Sometimes I'd give a bloody nose. From time to time, Patty would sit us down and tell us about what happened in fights. He gave us courage. He said, if you know there's going to be a fight, hit first with everything you've got and never quit. If you're winning, never quit. If you're losing, never quit. If it hurts, never quit. No matter what, never quit. I don't remember when, but sometime after that, I quit running away from threatened fights at school. At first, I just stood my ground. That was unexpected and enough to stop a confrontation. Then one day, two guys in my class, Barry Lightfoot and Alan Green, jumped me. They caught me in the corner of the hall when I was getting my books. Barry knocked the books out of my hand. I didn't wait. I threw the first punch, a good one that hit Barry square in the nose, and I followed up by rushing and punching. I fought hard. I never gave up. I got a black eye, but I gave worse than they gave me. We were broken up by some bigger guys that laughed at us, but they patted me on the back and said, boy." Everything seemed to change after that. I kept going to Patty's after school and even participated in some smokers, as they called it. That is, until Mom found out and ended my fighting career. When Fred's story was over, he just stood there transfixed. You could tell he was lost in time. He was seeing something in the past we couldn't see. Finally, he blinked his eyes and said, Next, Riley Hilbert got in the barber chair. Well, that's it for now, from where the corn grows tall and pigs fly. Take care. All my love, Grandpa Jim. <laughs>